Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Laugh. Songs in the Key of Laugh, episode four, series two. Can you believe it, David? I know, right? I'm so much. We spent so much time together, Phil. Yeah, that's David. Yeah, I'm David, and that's Phil. <laughs> I guess we do. We have to keep announcing that. Well, I guess we do. I do egotistically. Yes. Someone might tune in to this episode and be the only one they hear. So yeah. I'm, I'm Phil Nickel, and that's David Timms. Hi, nice to meet you. Um, we we're doing a special today. It is. I don't, I don't is we've it? done it. Is yeah. this a special one? It's an Australian special, mate. Ah, uh, does that mean that we have to do the accent? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, great. Oh, we're going to have all our Australian fans tuning out. No uh, oh, man, yeah. that's bad. Uh, <laughs> we, it's gonna, but we have an amazing. We're going to talk about uh, Australian comedy music, Australian comedy musical comedians, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, uh, and all that's coming up on the show. Absolutely, we're also going to have our comedy song competition contest. Yeah, it's definitely mm. a competition as well as uh, the musical that we've been writing. Yes. We are going to continue with that. Yes, if you're a fan of this uh, episode, fan of the episode, if you're a fan of the podcast, we are dumping the quickfire parody game, and we have been improvising. Musical, and it's, it's our, been going. Yeah, and our guest on today's show is. It has been going. It has, it's yeah. been trying. It has. We're yes. trying. We are to write a musical. We are. Our guest on today's show is an Australian musical comedian, and her name is Jude, Jude Pearl. Pearl. <laughs> and uh, there's a song about a Christmas slug as well. So it's kind of got everything that you could possibly want in a in a Christmas release. I think. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Australia. What is Australia? I mean, that's a. It's when I was young, Australia was like the furthest away place you could be from Canada. Anyway, it was like Australia just seemed like yonks, as they. It say is there. pretty far away from Canada. It is really far. It's fact, pretty it's, far away from the UK. Around the side of the earth. Now we've had on the show. We've had Tim Minchin, who I think is one of the um, most famous purveyors of musical comedy songs from Australia. Um, but there's so much depth to the Australian comedy scene and the musical comedy scene. Uh, I think guys like the the Doug Anthony All Stars, which I'll talk about in a bit, or the Scared with Little Guys, and yes, which which I've I've done a lot of uh, done, done a lot of work trying to uh, imitate one of their tunes, which I'm going to play for you later. Oh, that's that sounds fun. Yeah, um, but I think I was trying to because when the juice when I was in Courtney Juice Pigs, we actually one of our big steps forward is in 1990 we crashed the. Melbourne Comedy Festival. We just like bought flights and just went there without being invited. Without a gig? No, without a gig. We just flew to the other side of the world and picked up a gig. And we were to, there's a, at the Prince Pat, uh, which is like a Prince Pat hotel. Because in Australia, in Melbourne, all the, each hotel and little bar would have music, live music. Such a, Melbourne was such, well, and Sydney, I guess, but Melbourne is such a music scene. Everyone was playing music all the time. It was such an arts-driven city. And the Prince Pat at the, at, during the Comedy Festival had, um, had uh, what's the guy's name that was Joe, Joe Mengel from, oh, what's his name now? Uh, Mark, oh, Mark Little. Had Mark Little on. And he was a huge star. He was, like, he was on Neighbours. Uh, and we supported him. For, for the run at the festival. But after, because we were so frenetic and mad and musical, uh, after the first night, he went, I'll tell you what, guys, I'll go first and you guys can go second. And then we would do like two and a half hour long shows at the Prince Pat Hotel, which is still going. We've had so many great years there. In fact, it's where one of our members, Greg, um, met his now wife, Jess. 
So can I just go back a little bit? So how did you end up playing at the festival? <laughs> if how did you manage to like shoehorn your way into it? <laughs> well, we had a we had a weird music connection because there was a, a band called Blue Rodeo, and there was an Australian band called The Weddings Parties Anything. Weddings Parties Anything, one of the great Aussie rock bands, pub bands. Uh, Mick Thomas and Paul Thomas, their guitar player, uh, was given to us as a tour manager by their manager who knew. Uh, Andrew Walker, who knew the manager of this band, Blue Rodeo, and we were with the same management. So we just flew out there and we kind of like talked our way into it. And we just end up doing all these like university gigs. And uh, we even end up opening. We were like a trio, a comedy trio, like the Dog Anthony All Stars. Well, we were better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Uh, they smelt bad. And uh, they, you they said that they, before. They did actually smell bad. And <laughs> They're so, going to sue at some point. No, they can't. They don't, they don't have the nerve. Uh, but we ended up opening, supporting them on a couple of dates in, in uh, on Smith Street. And uh, oh my, I'm, I'm just thinking back now. It's like great memories. But um, Phil's yeah. got a big smile on his face. As yeah, he's but that, even at that time, that was like going to Australia was a nuts idea in 1990. I think it's a lot more common now. Because the more Australians are moving around, the world's a much smaller place. But um, the Australian comedy scene and the big gig, there was a show called The Big Gig, which had all the comedians, Australian comedians on it, who Judith Lucy and uh, uh, Flacco. And who, these are all now household names in Australia. And uh, and that was the first thing we did over there, playing with the Doug Anthony All-Stars on The Big Gig. Well, should we hear some Doug Anthony? Sure. I mean, it is. Um, <laughs> you can really get away with. I feel like you can get away with a lot more in Australia well, than I, you can here. I think you could at the time. I don't know as much now, really, but that Australia was like led the way for sort of the punk ethic of comedy. And the, the Doug Anthony All-Stars, uh, the Found Objects, the Scarebird Little Guys, these were like musical comedy trios. Um, actually, Squared Weirdies are a duo. Uh, but they just like really pushed the boat out on subject matter. I, I do. I th- I've got quite a few Australian mates and I do find that... Um, they swear a lot more than I do. They do, um, and and it's and it's seen as like a normal thing. Yes. And quite often, I'm I, I can be surrounded by this group of mates, mm. and they'll be ah, you're right there, you're right there, yeah. And the c word is is used almost almost every single sentence, and I've never heard it so much. Well, I know it's a cliche that um you know because Australia was a um, penal colony. That, but uh, more than that, I think it just may be that there's a lot of working class people ended up f- um, flitting or um, you know going to Australia to live as well, and so it's just developed this really body sense of humour, and at the same time, really artsy, really artsy. Uh, you know, the Jack and All Stars were all about the look and the style, and they're all great performers. Great voice. Yeah, that's Paul McDermott. And Tim and Richard. I mean, these. I mean, they've gone on to great things. And I mean, I think Richard's the head of the ABC Television now, and wow. also his own TV show. And they're, and they're back together. They're touring again. The Doug Ant All Stars. They were in uh, um, Edinburgh a couple of years ago. But also, you have the these the modern guys like the Axis of Awesome, who you'll probably know from. They do that one, the old four chords you have to know. Yeah, they just of play course. four chords. Yeah. That's, that's the, one of the most famous videos on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. It's got like a hundred million hits. The yeah. Axis of Awesome. They're like that. What a great and them. Great singers, great performers. Um, but there was a, a show called The Cheese Shop by a guy called Dave Taranto on the because they Australians have this weird radio thing. We're like Canada, where you've got like um, community radio, like public access radio. And Dave um, Taranto and Janet McLeod had this show called The Cheese Shop where they would just play crazy music from all over the place. And they were the first people to have Cork and the Juice Pigs on. And I think you can still get it if you go online. You can have Cheese Shop, find the Cheese Shop, and there's just musical comedy from all over all over the world. And it was it was similar to the Dr. Demento idea, is Dave would just find stuff, weird clips, comedy. He was such a, a beautiful comedy nerd uh, and that he was famous for it. Um, and that's where I discovered things like Batters, 
uh, oh, yeah. batters I've told you talked about before. And uh, and and also being on those shows, I was in Adelaide. I was on a show called Triple D, and I met these guys. They call, they phoned in. I said, if you phone in and play a song, I'll get you free tickets to my show because I was playing to like seven people a night and usually a family of seven Germans, <laughs> and uh, and I was struggling. And these guys called in. They were called at the time. They were called Average. Um, then they became the Dairy Brothers, and then finally the Beards. And they called in and sang a song about Port Stanback, which is like the gas. Uh, exchange place on the outside is like a big ugly industrial place you can see from the city of Adelaide so it's got and they took me to see Batters um, in Adelaide in a little tiny back room and I mean he, I don't even think he's known amongst Australians but I, I think he's one of the best if not the best Australian lyricists the best Australian comedy lyricists of all time so B-A-T-E-R-Z if you like comedy songs look up Batters Out of Hell if you don't know it already, it's joy, musical, and comic. Thought unrequited love would lend my life a kind of tragic poetry, but I just got too embarrassed, and nobody really cared. I knew I'd found my calling when I went up to that girl and yelled out, "Why aren't you in love with me?" And this is what she said: "You're not cool if you're not doing heroin. I only spoke to you because I thought you'd score for me a taste. Thought those bruises on your arms meant you were someone I could relate to, but for me, this whole encounter." So if you like uh, if you like batters, if you like that, check it out because it's my gift. Um, the late Barnaby Charles Ward, aka Batters, the best. Now, Phil, as we're doing the Australia special, yes, um, I thought that I would try and find uh, find a new artist that you know is breaking through, and instead of doing that, I I found I found one that you've already mentioned. Um, which is the scared weird little guys? Yes. Now John, John and Rusty. John and Rusty. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah, they really are great. They really, really are. Mm. So, um, how, do you know them? I do. In fact, I'm Rusty. One of the reasons I follow the Aussie Rules football team, St Kilda Saints, is because Rusty was a fan and took me and the Juice Pigs to watch a football game, and it was the first time. We were looking around, and we're from Canada. People don't use the c word. People don't say, and but there was old women in like knitted caps and blue going, "Come on, you can't!" I was just like, oh my god! No, this, and it really woke us up to how rough and ready Australians were. We, <laughs> I love the scared riddle guys. Okay, well, this the, the song that I've uh, I've picked that I'm going to try and uh, do a version of is one that they've written because they want to bring people to Australia. So, uh, so, so this is the song. Red back, funnel web, blue ring, octopus, taipan, tiger snake, adder box and jellyfish, stonefish and the poison thing that lives in a shell that spikes you when you pick it up. Come to Australia, you might accidentally get killed. Your life's constantly under threat. Have you been bitten yet? You've only got three minutes left before a massive coronary breakdown. Red back, funnel web, blue ring, octopus, taipan, tiger snake, adder box and jellyfish, big shark, just waiting for you to go swimming at Bondi Beach. Come on, come to Australia, you might accidentally get killed. Your blood is bound to be spilled, with fear your pants will be filled, because you might accidentally get killed. <laughs> So that's, that's that's why you should go to Australia. That's why you should go to Australia. <laughs> have, have you ever been bitten by by a anything? spider? Uh, no, not not at all. I've been bitten by spiders in South Africa. Um, are, my, there, are they poisonous there? Yeah, man. Yeah, one one of the best ones. I've had one on my arm, which meant that my arm went completely numb. I had to drive my car one handed all the way to a hospital, and oh. I had another one where it bit me on my leg. Um, during the night and I woke up the next morning shook out the bedclothes didn't find it went to the showers shook out my boxers there's the fucking spider I came home one drunken Friday evening my father was crying on the porch I said hey what's up dad has your computer eaten all your software again he said no I'm afraid that it's much worse than that your mother's turned into a spider 
So I said, hey, dad, that's really not terribly feasible, he said. I tried to keep my head and remain rational and reasonable, but it's hard to think straight when your wife has got eight cute cherry legs, each arm with a claw. I tell you, been married over 36 years and she's never done this before. She's got extra four legs and she spins enormous webs and she's laying eggs all over the place. She's doubled in size, has eight six star. Ah, uh, she's doubled in size, has six extra eyes, and started eating flies in front of my face. <laughs> oh God, I love this song so much. It's really gone completely. Last night she told me she tried to eat me when we were in bed. It's worse than my fears. It's gone way past where she's got fangs and a beard coming out of her head. <laughs> my mother's turned into a spider. Your mother's turned into a spider. My mother's turned into a spider. My mother's turned into a spider. <laughs> that's batters. That's that's batters. That's brilliant. It's that time of the week again where we delve into our satchel to find this week's entry for the comedy song contest. It's a competition. It's a contest. Okay, thanks for that, Phil. I don't find I don't think that our this week's contestant yeah. Mark Johnson yeah. is wants to feel that he's in a competition with other people. I think he just writes the songs at home to enjoy himself and he's entered into the contest. I'm pretty sure that he's entered into the competition that means that he could win some money. Well, either way, Mark Johnson's entered his song, Grandma's, Grandma's Story. Sometimes when it's late at night, my eyes won't dare to sleep. I think about a tale of life my grandma shared with me She had such pure and peachy skin when she was just 16 But for three dry patches on her back and on her knees The pharmacy had oils and creams all spread across the shelf Enough to help her medicate at home all by herself She'd choose a tub of Vaseline to hope she'd be dispatched to see if she could soothe the itch that pleaded to be scratched Oh, she rubbed it on her back She rubbed it on her knees She rubbed so much she soon used up the tub of Vaseline She rubbed it on her back She rubbed it on her knees And it was good, but never good enough to satisfy her needs local surgery requesting Dr Brown She knew her parents went to church while he made his morning rounds He helped apply some special cream with a skill that's hard to teach And found that he could treat the spots her fingers couldn't reach So they tried it on her back They tried it on her knees They tried till noon believing soon they'd conquer this disease they tried it on her back They tried it on her knees And it was good, but not quite good enough To satisfy her needs Eureka! cried the doctor As the notion crossed his mind These lotions might soak deeper If they're cunningly combined Uniquely this concoction Had them both come to rejoice to the skin that was once dry and cracked Now wonderful and moist Now she loves it on her back She loves it on her knees She loves the feel of Vaseline With a squeeze of special cream She loves it on her back She loves it on her knees So much more than good enough To satisfy her needs Oh, it's so much more than good enough to satisfy her needs. Grandma's story never fails to get me off to sleep. Get me off, get me off, get me off to sleep. 
Now, if you remember, David, that uh, Mark Johnson entered Songs in the Key of Laughs comedy song contest last year with Horse Friend. Horse Friend. Which he's now taken that. He was inspired to rework it, rewrite it, and re-record it with a full band. And you can hear that on Spotify. So go on to Spotify and check out Mark Johnson's Horse Friend. Uh, and that's an enter, an enter the comedy song contest. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to enter it, please send your song into songs in the key of laugh at gmail.com. It is week four of us writing a musical, yes. Philip. Improvising a musical. Well, that David. is exactly what we're David, doing. Yeah. But, but you know, we're writing it as we go. Yes. Um, if you've so been following can... the pod, you'll know that we've dropped the... Um, Quickfire parody, quick parody round. round yeah. Yes. And now we've taken on an even stupider idea to try and write a musical improvise a musical but yeah we'll... how's it going so far Phil? i think it's going quite well yeah it's all right so where are we up to with our story well this the, the musical is called desert desert island dicks that's, working title that's working title yep. um and we've had a song called monsoon we'd have a song called juggler yeah juggler yeah so there's two characters uh phil works in financial services mm-hmm. david works in is a juggler yeah um, and the, David's got a fiance on the mainland. Yes. And, uh, with an evil be, father. With an evil father. But um, things have turned slightly sour. They've been monsooned onto an island, David and Phil, and they have been left there, and now they've started turning on each other. Yeah. Phil, at the end of the last episode... Um, tried to eat David. Tried to eat David. Okay, so, Phil, you've got the dictionary. You've got the dictionary. You can okay. hear it there. I'm we like a prompt, to, so... Open it to a random page. Random page, random and page. put my finger down on the random page. Random word. And the word is transform. 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 Ooh, I like it. This might be a transformative bit of the musical. Song four. Okay, so it's pretty, pretty dark times on the island at the moment, isn't it? Mm, pretty yeah, dark. Yeah. Okay, cool. So... Well, it's dark for for David. Well, we don't know the extent of his injuries as yet, though, surely. Well, I'd say injury. Well, I mean, Phil was a professional butcher with the financial services. <laughs> so he's actually, he's actually trimmed David up quite nicely, actually. If anything, I'd say he probably looks better. <laughs> David was made for one leg. David, will you please stop hopping? I'm hopping mad, Phil. You ate my leg, Phil. I said, David, will you please just stop hopping? It's driving me insane. And it's running through my brain I'm sorry I ate your leg I was hungry and now I feel insane I'm hopping mad, Phil Hoppy, 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 hoppy David, will you please stop hopping? Wait, what is that over there? Behind you In the darkness On the horizon is it a ship, or is it something transformative? Ah, it looks like a ghost ship. <laughs> a ghost ship. Well, there we go. That's yeah. that's uh, that's an interesting new chapter. Chapter four. Yeah. David's hopping mad. If you like contests and you write songs, you're going to love our contest because it's a songwriting contest. It's a contest where you put your song in the contest. It's the Song is the Key of Laugh comedy song contest. It's not a competition. It's a contest. Contest, contest, contest. Send your songs into songs the key of laugh at gmail.com. Can we just remind you guys listening that it's a comedy song contest? There's prize money involved. Yeah, there's, there, there, is, there is prize money for this competition. Yes, and the Canadians in Space who won the last series, they took away 200 smackers. And there was a second place prize of £50 a, pounds a sec- as well. There's a second place and a second place, David. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I second praise you. I second praise you too. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Our interview today is with a comedian who was in Australia when we did the interview. So this fits into our Australian premise. So well, she has also smashed it at the Melbourne Comedy Festival so many times. Yes, in 2015, she performed her first hour-long debut and she won the Green Room Award for the Best Original Songs. She's very good. She's the wonderful Jude Jude Pearl. Pearl. The guest on today's show is someone you might know. And if you don't, that's your own fault. You'll know them soon This jingle has been personalised For a guest that we hope that you recognise And this week their name is Insert name here Jude Pearl. Jude Pearl, everyone. Unbelievable. Jude Pearl. That's Hi, unbelievable. Hi, Jude. Hi. That's actually not unbelievable because she's here. It's Jude Pearl. Here I am. It is. It is. Right there in the song. You're right. It's right. It's right. Just uh, isn't it amazing how we didn't even know when we wrote that jingle that you were going to appear on the show, and but it's, it just happens to have your name in it. And what's really cool is that um, name here is actually my family's original surname, but they had to right. change it oh. when they came to. Uh, so my name would have been Judith Name Here, which would name have been here. really right. close. Is that, is that Lebanese? Is your, no, is it's that uh, Polish actually. Polish. So yeah, right. Ukrainian. Polish, you know, just that Eastern European, Eastern European flavor. Name yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Name here. Yeah, name, name here. here. Yeah. My, my, I have a family uh, beside me called Cut here, and it's like they were in the scissors business. But anyway, and welcome to Songs in the Key of Laugh. So, what, where do we start with Jude Pearl? Okay, first of all, Jude, I have to say this has been an incredible uh, um, journey of discovery for for me and David um, because we we. How we had not heard of Jude Pearl when How could Jan that McLeod be? said to me, uh, well, this is so exciting for us because you're the first person we've got on our series that we have discovered through someone else. And I have to say, I, I don't know why, David and I were talking about it, we don't know why we haven't heard of Jude Pearl because we think everyone should have heard of Jude Pearl. Just awesome. to get that out of the way. Shucks. L- okay. A little a little smoke, a little blowing smoke. But, that's, that's, but those are... Those are really honest. Those are honest words. Oh, um, I don't know how to get into this uh, conversation other than um, so you're born in Texas. We can tell people that. That's yes. exciting, yep. right? That's yes. true. Um, you moved to Melbourne. How, how long ago did you move to Melbourne? Oh, when I was three. With, when you were like, three? Not oh. by myself with my family and stuff. So, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I was like that. I moved to Canada when I was four, and uh, <laughs> my, I, I sent money back and had my family follow me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the classic story. So, so, we it's the classic story. So, so you're a Melbourneite. I love yeah, Melbourne. I'm much more um, a Melbourne person than a Texan person. I just want to yes. put that out there. <laughs> okay, you put that out there. Why Texas has got a, kind of got a bad rap? Well, because I mean, because you're can- Canadian, obviously, yeah, and yeah. I mean, what are your feelings towards Texas? Generally, or is it <laughs> well, is it too early to get into something? We've got no, a lot not, of we've got a lot all. of listeners, listeners in Texas, yeah. Um, so we love it. <laughs> uh, every, everything there is brilliant. I had a That's, friend of mine, yeah. uh, no, a friend of mine from England. She'd moved over to Houston for, with her husband and their children for his work. I'm assuming oil industry. I mean, she's really struggled to fit in. I mean, she liked the food, she liked the weather. And just not not the people so much. And, uh, and I said, like, is that all people? And she went, no, she made some great friends there. But it was always with the sense that when I get a chance to move back to the oh. UK, I will move back to the UK. And she has moved back to the UK. Um, I haven't spent much time there. I think I've only been in the Houston airport. So I can't really comment on, on the place itself other than it's got a reputation, doesn't it, for being a bit gunny. 
It does, yeah. And look, maybe I'm being a bit unfair straight off the bat, just trying to stir some controversy about, I'm, you know, it's like every place there's good and bad. Um, it's I just guess. that it's big and so there's more bad because it's so big. Anyway, I don't That's know. Awesome. No, well, it's probably well, wait, fine. Well, wait a minute. By that, but by that logic, Canada is really big and there should be even more bad. So <laughs> that's, it's not, that's true. But it's, it's not the wilderness. It's the people. Um, so um, yeah. comedy music. Comedy music. <laughs> you can just cut uh, all of this out. <laughs> so Jude, uh, you, you, you moved over to Melbourne and then at some point you must have started playing the piano because you're very good at that. <laughs> Um, was the piano was the piano your first instrument? Um, yeah, it, I um, I started playing piano when I was like seven, and I really didn't like it for the first five years. Um, but I have I'm in you know I'm from one of those families where it's like you have to learn piano. You know those families where mm. it's like you we have a piano, so you're learning it. Like you have to right. do it. And um, but then it was cool because my when I was like about thirteen, my mum found a, a teacher that was um because I was doing all the exams and the like classical stuff and I just really did not thrive in that style so my mum found a teacher that was teaching me like jazz and chords and and then it was like oh music is actually makes sense now and why didn't anyone just tell me that scales exist in actual music I would have been happy to play them if I'd known they had a function so that was I, I I had a very very similar similar thing growing up and uh, yes w- when somebody somebody went ah do, do you have you ever played blues I went blues is that <laughs> is that Bach I, I, what, what is this and uh, so uh, yeah he started showing me a blues scale and I went oh oh my goodness I can improvise <laughs> and it's really cool so um, oh, yeah. that, that, that blues scale is like the door opens for every piano player I think absolutely like, what is the, the like yeah. Oh, like the, yeah. oh, it's that's, just that extra note, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah, that that sharp four just really, really, especially when it's on a dinky keyboard like this. You know, it's anyway. Yeah, now I'm just. Anyway, Wait, you so can, you, yeah. I read in uh, one of the interviews that we uh, online that you saw the flight of the Concords. Now, is is this is that is that fact absolutely factual or was it in an interview where you had to think how did I bounce into comedy? Did you see the flight of concords and think I want to do that or were you already writing kind of fun comic comedy lyrics like in your pop career were you writing comic funny lyrics? Um, well, I think I I was always like edging into that like I hate using this word but like quirky lyrics mm. like so it wasn't comedy stuff but it was sort of in that you know it's a little silly and I enjoyed that style of songwriting and lyric writing more um Mm. but I think like I saw Flight of the Concords on um like the Melbourne Comedy Festival has the big gala that's televised and that's kind of like where I found out about a lot of comedians for quite a few years in my adolescence and like I I remember seeing Flight of the Concords. It wasn't the first time I'd seen a music comedy act, but I just remember seeing them as probably a young teenager. And it was the first time that I'd seen like music comedy where I thought like, wow, that's like amazing songs. And it's so hilarious. Like this. And I think they were doing the Lord of the Rings song, like Frodo, don't wear the ring. ring. (laughs) (laughs) And I just was like, because they're just so funny. It's like, they're just so... Mm like so unbelievably likable in every way. So I think like yeah. I just I it, it wasn't like straight away I'm like I'm gonna write comedy songs, but I saw that and I think that went into my brain as being like it is possible for music comedy to be like really great songs and really, really funny and it's there is a yeah, a combination of that that is possible. You you you, you did have like a a, a pop pop career before before moving into these comedy songs is that right i mean career like i guess <laughs> in a, loosely using that word like i i released um like i was doing that for about seven years i think like i released an ep and an album um well but i was kind of like mo- moving into doing comedy whilst i was finishing the album like it was kind of a bit of a like transition over time um but I just like 
one of the things that comedy had that music or at least pop music didn't seem to have was that comedy has like an inbuilt listening audience, which is so mm. cool. Like you have audiences that are actually listening to the words that otherwise it's mm. uh, they wouldn't be able to laugh at what people are saying. Yeah, it's yeah. just me breaking down how comedy works. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just felt like doing pop music types or, you know, that genre of music was more, didn't really lend itself to like people coming and sitting and listening to the songs or the words, which I think is kind of really what I wanted. And I found that in comedy, I could actually get that sort of engagement and the response that I was looking for that was harder to get in pop music. Yeah, I think that mm. a lot of, uh, I, f I see this a lot go, um, in cabaret acts and in cabaret shows that one of, and, I've, and, and having worked in musical theatre myself and stuff, that one of the things that the singers really appreciate is that the audiences actually have are committed to coming and sitting down and having a drink and watching a show. Yeah. Whereas if you go to a nightclub to watch a band or watch a folk artist, there's you just have people chatting at the bar. And you, yeah. you, if you don't have a commanding personality, you can slowly lose over time. You lose, you can lose the audience. So you've yeah. got to, you've got to play those spaces like a bigger a bigger thing was a cabaret you, you know you're able to bring it right down and um when we were talking to tim minchin that's how he kind of started because he wanted to write a theater he wanted people to listen to what he was uh writing and one of the things that struck me that's uh, similar between i know you could compare it to him but the, one of the reasons is the 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 lyrics are uh, they're they're quite deft and they move around, they shift around, and your thoughts are really they're not just normal rhyming couplet comedy songs, you know. Like there there are those jokes in there, but there's just the little bit of depth that goes beyond it, and and the songs are really well well sculpted and rounded. And, and um, is is some, is writing something you always did growing growing up? Like are you are you naturally uh, given to writing stuff or po like did you write poems as a teenager and you know like what are the where did the lyrics come from um i really like when i was a, a kid and a teenager i just wanted to play music and sing i just was so it didn't really occur to me that i wanted like to write songs like i was quite happy singing other people's songs i just really loved singing and being a part of music and I was very obsessed with like a handful of musicals that I would watch and rewatch and like and then you know act out all of the songs and do all that kind of stuff mm. um and then like <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing but it wasn't until I was at uni and uh, my teach one of my teachers at uni um and I was studying music and he um he was like such a great teacher and I sort of went to speak to him and I was like asking like how do I get gigs doing like cover gigs I just want to look for like gigs as a cover musician and and he was just like you should just be writing songs and then I was like mm. oh okay and then I just started writing songs because I was like well if he thinks I should do that then I should start doing that and then it was like the next day I just started <laughs> writing songs just <laughs> right. so just um yeah. I'm not very good at making decisions myself but if somebody that I like tells me to do something I'm like well if it'll make you like me more then I'll definitely do it so you know that was kind of how it sort of happen and then I mean obviously once I started doing it I really loved doing it and um uh but it yeah I didn't really come to it until like my early 20s like I I wrote stuff as a teenager but it was usually in fits of angst and not they weren't I'm don't even want to sort of think about any of the things that I wrote as a teenager um as being like real songs or anything. <laughs> we, we've all got those. What, what just, just out of curiosity, what was that teacher's name? His name's Tony Floyd and he's... Um, oh, no, not him. <laughs> not, to, not the oh, strangler Tony yeah. Floyd. <laughs> How could you have brought that up? So, no, because I, I mean, I... Because we get influenced by so many people, and I, I'm either directly or indirectly, I think it's good to, to remember it. It's good to... I mean, I've always been of that mind. There are people that sort of exist in an artistic bubble where they 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 believe or they convince themselves it is all their all their own thing that they <laughs> created everything all on their own. And I've never been like that. I've always been my my teacher Frank Luke, who was one of my theater teachers, is the only reason I went into went to acting school is because he kept saying to me, 
you yeah. can do this. This is something you should do. You are a natural. And I think it's important for people that do teach to know that they're having that effect. So even if you're just listening to this and you're uh, a lot of musical comedians, a lot of uh, musicians and people that we know, they teach as as a part of their as part of their lifestyle because they need the money. They teach children and you don't know who you're, you don't know the next person you're going to influence. So I think it's um, hmm. I think it's great. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Tony. He's yeah, a legend. Well done, Tony. <laughs> you're, you're, it's you're very now true. Gonna have, you're now going to have to send Tony this podcast. I will. I'm just trying to get more <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you got to recording Modern Times, did you record it in uh, in the States or did you record that in, uh, in Australia? Um, I recorded that in LA. So in like 2014, I went to LA for about six months. And um, while I was there, I was wor- like started working with a producer and... Um, it was in Santa Barbara, which is like two hours out of LA. And we just recorded the whole thing there. And it was like, it was really fun to record it, but I really did not have any idea what I was doing. Like, and I think that's kind of been, I've noticed as I've gotten older, some people are very strategic in how they plan parts of their career and they make, they have like a five-year plan and I've always tried to write a five-year plan and then I get really bored and I'm like, I don't know, I just want to do something right now. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of how I made the album. I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to record the songs and I'll figure it out later. And um, it probably is good to have a bit of a, a plan, but I still don't really know how to do that kind of stuff <laughs> very well. <laughs> I don't know. I've not Plans, well, <clears throat> yeah. I, I'm, my problem with plans is that I'll, when, I, when I don't achieve the, the plan or I, d- I never finish it because I do get distracted as well, then I feel like I've let myself down. Um, this, uh, this album, Modern Times, um, you reference in it uh, quite a bit, these these jingles that you oh, write yeah. for Sh- Sugar Rose. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. um, now, now I, yeah. I, I, I love a jingle. Um, and I is, love Sugar Rose. And there we, there we go. <laughs> so is this, is this a genuine thing? Uh, no, I'm sad to let all of... The listeners out there who are like so hoping that it was a real thing uh that i'm sorry to let you know that it isn't that um it was like my second solo comedy show where i was like pretending to be a jingle writer for a sugar company and that and that kind of cross pollinated into the album a little bit it was all very con- it made complete sense to me but i don't know if it made sense to anyone else but that makes me even more proud of it just confusing people has always been I, one of my goals. I really, really like that. I really like that. And and I and I because I, I feel no because I think confusion is a great place to a great way to elicit uh, the response of laughter because when pe- when you get people in in that state where they're almost like they're not sure what's real and what's not, you can really start to to just fuck with their heads and it's really great. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad well that I'm glad that you see that cuz that was the goal but um well you, where my mind skips to is you could take sugar o's like that's the the idea of you being a jingle writer. I mean, it's already setting itself up for the the Jude Pearl sitcom where she's a jingle writer for sugar o's. I mean, that's that's where my mind goes. Uh, you have also written a musical. Are we right with that? Is it roommates? Uh, well, yeah, I called it. Um, this was really good advice from my friend Desiree, who's like directed a couple of my shows. And she was like, because speaking of confusion and people sometimes being confused by the multitudes of things that aren't real in my show and some things that are real. She's like, just call your next show something the musical and then people will know that it has music in it. So at least that part won't be confusing. So it was still just a solo show but I called it something that roommates the musical. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's like written like a musical, but with one person do- doing it and with like, right. you know, the disembodied voice, pre-recorded voices being all the other characters. And um, yeah. Now this has blown my mind. There's a video of you playing at the start of roommates saying that this is the this will be uh you're you're in for a treat it's the first night of the show and um you know uh i, I no, nobody else is going to get this treatment me playing a song before the before the first night of the the show is that oh well i'm i don't yeah i can't quite remember what this is i'm so intrigued though that that what it might have been 
Well, oh. that's, that's gone. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well, we'll 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 send it. Well, David will send you the clip. I'll send of it. you the clip. Yeah, and you'll go. Like, oh yeah, it's that. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Do you have plans to come to the UK to come to the Edinburgh Festival? Um, have you ever thought about like is that part of your five year plan? I <laughs> I think about coming to Edinburgh like mm. almost every day of my life for mm. the last. Seven years. I was kind of. I was finally. I was actually going to come with Janet uh, in 2020, um, but you know, alas, that yeah. obviously didn't work out. But um, I still would love to come at some point. I'm just kind of um, waiting to, you know, it. It. I was thinking about this year, but then I think the Omicron thing has made it just seem like. A, still a little bit unsh- unsure, but um, I'm also like the worst decision maker ever of all time. So, um, but yeah, of course, I would love to come to the UK. We'll have to get you. We'll have to get you on the show when you are in the UK. Um, <clears throat> so, I I, uh, I have a question. We like to ask this to most mo- most of our guests. Is is there a particular song um, that uh, a comedy song that is your particular favourite? Well, like comedy song would that include stuff from musical theater stuff as well yeah do you think? of course it okay. does yeah yeah because um it could be a jingle it could be like crazy frog if you wanted it to be <laughs> he really likes crazy frog <laughs> no i don't you really <laughs> no, don't we He's just covered it, it so many times it. Oh. we covered it in an earlier episode because it's because it because as it is a comedy song because it's not a real song and it is probably the most famous comedy song worldwide. I can't think of a bigger, yeah. more famous comedy song. Like sh- sh- what, w- uh, "Shut Up Your Face" or something. Maybe we, that would be. Yes, we've done. We've <laughs> we've done that. We've covered that one. And that that's uh, Joe Dolce. He's Australian, isn't he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This? Maybe it's more famous here than. No, no, it was no, no, that's, no. It's a big that's, deal. That's, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got worried for yeah, a second. There. Everyone, yeah, everyone <laughs> loved singing "Shut Up Your Face" to their friends. That was just. <laughs> He does it to me all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I wanna like there's so many there's so many things that come to my mind, but I feel like I wanna say like business time flight of the Concords is definitely it's definitely up in the near the top if it isn't my very favorite. But like it's so good. I, I know this is like really some sometimes you say that you like things and people are like, Oh, I've just My respect for you has just gone down a little bit. But you like, can't. okay, good. Business time. How can you not like business time? Well, I'm sure there's someone somewhere who goes, thumbs down. Don't get it. Who are these guys? Oh, is this for real? I meant, oh, sorry. I meant for the thing I'm about to say. And of course. Oh, okay. I, you know, so, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. So. Okay. Hold on. Wait, whoa, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Leave, leave some air. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because like my favorite musical of all time is Fiddler on the Roof. I'm just putting it out there as oh, wow. my my grandmother's favorite. Of course, it's it's a it's a classic grandparent favorite, I would say. <laughs> but um there's just certain lines in that in that musical that are like com- perfectly combine everything that I think is great about music comedy where it's like because you've got the hilar- there's something very funny but then it's like the amazing musicalness and then also some Sad. I love the mm. the happy set or the funny sad combo is is quite quite enjoyable. So um, I was just going to give an honourable mention to that you, musical in general. Fiddler on the Roof. What what are some of the lyrics? Do, do you can you recall them? The ones you well, talked about. That's such a great question because as soon as you said that, my brain just went like okay. I'm wiping every lyric I, from Fiddler no, on the I Roof. Did, I didn't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I I always have like a dream of seeing Jack Black play that role. I would really enjoy seeing just that you know would be I know so he good. it would be yeah just singing doing the if I were a rich man and oh, he, I don't know you know he there is a clip of him doing that is there Jack really. Black. There's a oh. clip on. There's a clip online of him singing. If I was a rich man, <clears throat> I wonder if not, do, I don't. I don't think he does the whole thing, but he, just, he does a bit of it. Okay. Um, Maybe also, I, I saw want... that and then thought I came up with the idea of Jack. <laughs> I was like, wouldn't Maybe. it be great if? Okay, well, I have to check. Well, that it, out. it would be great, and I wonder if now that Steven Spielberg's getting into to doing remakes, that yeah. that wouldn't that that movie couldn't use a remake because it's still 
such a, a timely story. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. that, that story is not going to go away. Mm. Mm. Um, um, I'd love to ask you about the song, one wonderful song, the uh, Hey, Hi, Hello <laughs> song, which is which is about you being very, very, uh, very, very <laughs> awkwardly talking to, to somebody who's asked you to come round and your, your answer is, hey, hi, hi, hello, 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 hi. <laughs> it's amazing. But this song is epic. It's it's like it's like it's like a very weird and I will say that word that you said that you don't want to be classified as but quirky Please. very very weird quirky version of like your bohemian rhapsody at the end it's it's huge it's like oh. hey jude um but it's 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 wonderful um oh. can you yeah please tell us a little bit about about is it hey hi hey hi hello yeah, hey, hey, hi, hey, hello. I think is because um, I found out that there was another song after I'd already like recorded. There was another song called Hey, Hi, Hello. So I'm like, I'll just call it Hey, Hi, Hey, Hello, and then that'll solve all the problems. Um, but also, oh, it's so much nicer hearing someone else explain your song to you. That's just like really delightful because I just feel like when I try and explain it, I'm like, well, um, I do, uh, uh. But what you said was so much more fun. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I'm really glad that you mentioned that song because, like, that's actually like the song that I'm the most proud of. I don't know why. Like, it's just so stupid. But like, no one, you know, I I did it in a sh- in like my fourth show, and like, it's not a song that people ever really ask me about ever um, because they're probably just a bit like, what the hell was that? Um, but uh, it's it's very much just like I the excitement of hanging out with the new, per- like, you know, um, when I started seeing the guy that I'm with now, it was like we started to go out and it was all just very, very exciting and my excitement kind of comes out as, hey, hey, hi, hey, hey, hello, hi, hey, uh, hi, hello. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I don't know if I explained that at all very well. Yeah, did, no, yeah. it's great. <laughs> the, uh, honestly, the, the you, it's, I mean, in the first few bars, you've got X amount of, like, key changes <laughs> and it, it's, it's so good, though. Oh, like, the way that your you. vocal line manages to, to bring it all, to tie it all together, it's, it's very, very clever and, and it's, it's, a real, it's a real work of art. Oh, that's really, really I good. really appreciate that. I, um, I do feel like I've been moving into more of the prog comedy, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> that's that genre of, um, it's like, it's kind of like I want the listener to feel as anxious as I do. So I just try and like move the music to match like my rapid thoughts. It's like, all right, now you have to deal with it. So that was kind of yeah. the, the goal. <laughs> Another Australian, uh, Eddie Perfect, who, oh, sure. um, who wrote, who wrote uh, Beetlejuice the Musical, which is also uh, br- musically really brilliant oh i think it's brilliant i love it and um then i was thinking it's got the kind of movements in it the way that the music moves in it it's it it feels like you're going in a direction that's going just away from uh sort of ben fold's five pop sort of uh quirkiness into into full full orchestral like i could imagine you writing a full orchestral piece like that so oh, cool. go and do it if you've got five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's your five-year plan. Okay, done. done. Yes. If it will make you like me more, then I will absolutely do it. Yeah, that's, that's, Isn't that what we're all like? Is that, is, is that been a drive for you? Were you bullied a lot as a, as a kid? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was, but like, I don't know if it was, I don't know. I always don't know how much school sucks for everyone. But to me, it's like, I'm like school sucks surely everybody feels that way and then I meet people mm. that didn't have that experience and that doesn't mm. make any sense to me but um yeah I've, I I don't feel like I'm I'm quite a you know sensitive um not good at hiding things person so like school's not really designed for my <laughs> yeah my kind unfortunately but yeah well I, sh- I share that are you an only child no I'm the youngest of three Youngest of three. I'm the youngest of three. Oh my I'm gosh. the middle child. And oh, he's an idiot. no. So, but, no it, but the youngest of three, um, is there a large age gap between your the middle child and you, or are you all born one after another? Um, so four years between me and my brother, and then six years between me and my sister. So okay, not great. huge, but... Not huge, um, but enough to. The reason I'm, I'm just going along this line of question, this line of questioning, is, <laughs> is that, no, I find that because people... Um, 
when people are like only children or when they're when there's a large age gap they sort of exist in their own creative bubble and sure. when you are at school well for me personally when i was at school and coming from another country being being feeling a little bit out and lost in the in the culture and being bullied mm-hmm. um i i went in back into my i went back into my mind and and a lot yeah. of the stuff that i came up with voices uh, being singing and being silly and all that stuff came out of my uh, defense mechanism to, to 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 you know make myself feel better I guess um, and I was wondering I've just read a few things that you've written you've spoken about and I wondered if if that was uh, played a large part in your creativity oh for sure yeah I can totally relate to what you're saying and that um uh like the show that I did last year which like I've I'm about to release an album of for that as well it's like all about school like and kind of the the sort of futile feeling of trying to deal with a bully and the way that um like it was kind of inspired by that thing of, I don't know if this happened to you at school but it was like we would have anti-bullying seminars where like some pro athlete would come and talk about <laughs> bullying for some reason and you'd just yeah. be like and they'd be like bullying's bad and then everyone'd be like yeah and then the next day like just everything was back to normal as if nothing had changed. And I always just felt like there really is, I've never really seen that there was any solution to it, but just kind of at least um, acknowledging that it happens and sometimes there isn't really a solution. Um, So, yeah, so I definitely feel like uh, it's influenced so much of what I do and uh, it is very cathartic to like, even before you perform it, like you were saying, even just to voice it and to sort of put it into a song or put it into some silliness kind of takes a little bit of the power away, which is really lovely. And then, you know, performing it and people laughing, you know, is mm. another way of taking the power away. And, you know, so many people have gone through something, some iteration of, of that. Like so many of us were were bullied but also probably did some bullying and didn't realize it you know and it's like there's all that that weird time mixed up in there yeah i haven't really thought this through but also the bullied sometimes become the bullies because that's almost like what happens is why you get the the nerds have taken over the world yeah (laughs) you know like you know that because once we realize we're adults and you can't bully them anymore there's there's actually a society and laws and structure that means you can't just like what are you going to do fight me you can't do that anymore yeah um you can't you can't bully me anymore but, um, but we do have to be careful because we usually become so adept at getting around it and bullying back that we uh, one way of avoiding it is to is i think to put it into music and put it into song and get it out and yeah. you're what you're doing uh, by by doing this you're allowing the audi- allowing audiences to get to release those feelings or not to get too heavy into music, what I think musical comedy does, but the reason that people like it and why it's valuable is because sometimes it speaks, it speaks directly to them uh, about the thing that they are and, yeah. and it allows them a little bit of, um, of uh, self-reflection. Like the, the song you wrote, um, is a good person. The angle of it is you're, you're, just, you're gently chastising for people for, for, for patting themselves on the back for being a good person when they're actually not really and, – and, and I'm assuming you mean all of us. None of us ever really do enough. And, and it's not – it doesn't come across as being preachy. It comes across as being personal to yourself, that that's part of your what you've recognized about yourself. Uh, and imagine that gets a really great reaction from, from audiences, comedy audiences, because everyone wants to be reminded that, that need, that's not enough. So – I hope that your bullying musical has the similar effect. <laughs> no, I think it's oh, Thank you. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I kind of feel like uh, everything, yeah, like that song is very much f- me, me noticing patting myself on the back whenever I do something tiny and being like, wow, that's not very good. Like it's always, yeah, anything that comes across as judgmental that I do is like just know that it's, because I'm because I'm doing it, so um, no, it yeah. really does. It really does. Yeah, it really oh, does. Cool. Oh, um, thank you. We mentioned mentioned before um, about your uh, your family and yeah. um, your latest release was about making making a Christmas tree. It's, it's, oh. it's an EP. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've listened to it and it's great. But you you spoke about your 
uh, your, your new relationship. And um, w- would you like to explain to our listeners uh, about about this about this EP? Sure. Um, uh, so the beginning of the I've been with my partner for about like five years now, and uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, like around March 2020, um, I moved I moved in with him, and he's got two. Uh, I mean, I say kids, but they're like, you know, young adults now. But um, so last year was the first Christmas that I had living with them. And I've never done a, I've never had Christmas before because, you know, I'm Jewish background. So um, I got very, really overly excited about like the idea of just getting a shitty little Christmas tree from like, I don't know what the spotlight equivalent would be like, you know, like your uh, a, like a kind of a very cheap fabric store, whatever that would be in like the UK. The UK, it's like go and get like a twenty dollar Christmas tree that you that you build out of three little pieces, and we bought all the decorations. And I was just like about to pass out from excitement because I just had never had a tree before. And so this song is like a it. The so- I wanted the music to reflect the excitement that I had, so it's quite a <laughs> orchestral like. It's, I've tried to really take that prog comedy thing to the next level. And, um, uh, yeah, so – and then the, the rest of the EP has a few other little – like there's a, a Hanukkah song there, which is like me just trying to grapple with whether or not I like Hanukkah, which – and I don't know when it is ever. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's a song about a Christmas slug as well. So it's kind of got everything that you could possibly want in a – in a Christmas release, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I I think that this the kind of bring, bring, brings us to our favourite part of yeah, our What do you interview. say our favourite part? It's always your favourite part. I mean, I like it. I, like I normally section. say it's mine, so I've said our I know, but it time. feels disingenuous because you always say it's my favourite part of the thing. What, you, what Two things. Then you're diminish, diminishing the, the earlier part of the, the, the lovely interview we've had with this wonderful performer. And now you're saying, oh, no, my favourite part. I, I don't know, David. Anyway, it's it's also oh, my favorite part. <laughs> Trouble in paradise over here. Oh my know, goodness. Right? But, but basically, Jude, we'd love to hear you play. This is, yeah, this, is, sure. you're, you're, this is songs in the key of laugh, and um, this is the wonderful Jude Pearl. Okay, this is a song about labels. If a label's helpful, you should use it If a label makes you feel much safer So you don't have to explain things to your workmates or your neighbor If that label helps define who you are, it saves you time If the label's helpful, you should use it But sometimes labels just cause interference than a can of soup unless that label's helpful then don't use it when i was nine i was sure that i was gay i wore baggy clothes i was scared of men and all the boys i liked told me i was gay but then one day i saw a vag and i said that's nice but it's not for me and i hate to say it it makes me sick but i really do love me some dick if a label gets you something you need if the label's accurate then it can help you succeed the right medication or assist you with your education if the label's helpful fucking milk the shit out of it <laughs> well i was a music artist in my early 20s but people wouldn't buy it because i wasn't cool or sexy it's being sexy and writing songs apparently can't occur independently but it's cool because i left the music industry on good terms mostly <laughs> so then i labeled myself a comedian and a bunch of people were six full-length comedy shows. I just thought the label might be helpful from a marketing perspective.
need that label, so I don't use it. The label doesn't help me, I don't use it. Some labels might be true for you forever. You take care of those labels, cause they hold your life together. Well, there was a time you had to hide that part of you. It's life denied. Now there is no greater warmth and pride when the world affirms who you are inside. Some labels might be true for you at one stage. Goosebumps. Anyway, thank you. Uh, that was great, Jude. Thank you so much for coming on Songs in the Key of Laugh. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you, and I hope that you get it over to the UK sometime soon, or that I get to come out to Melbourne and, uh, or we get to come out to Melbourne, <clears throat> and uh, and we'll meet and we meet there. Oh, Amazing. thank you thank so you much. So much. Such a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, great. And good good luck with the with the musical with the uh, bullying and. Uh, <laughs> And good luck with the bullying. Good luck with the bullying. You guys, I got bullied. My look, you're just laughing at me. I don't respond well to this. <laughs> that was Jude Pearl. Goodbye, adios, farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well. But we have other things to get on with now, so you're gonna have to go. I'm sure our paths will cross again, but whoever really knows? It's been fun, it's been musical, it's been comical at times. But now we have to leave you, so goodbye. Goodbye! Well, that was Jude Pearl. She is such a good musician, and her voice. Oh, just the whole thing. So the whole whole package, she's just hilarious. She's a great musician and what a wonderful person. I'm so glad we got to speak to her. Thanks to Janet McLeod for putting me on to her. Um, That's the end of our Australian special. Yeah. How do we make it an Australian special? I mean, obviously, there's so many more Australians that we could talk about and uh, great musicians and all the stuff. But thanks for listening to our Australian special. If you'd like to see more or hear more from Jude Pearl, why not follow her on Twitter at Jude underscore Pearl. You can also get her at Instagram at Jude Pearl. Pearl is spelled P-E-R-L. Or pre-order her new album, Participation Award, coming out on April 7th, or go to one of her shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, the Sydney Comedy Festival, or the Brisbane Comedy Festival. If you'd like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh. Or coffee.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.